Hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. I think this week we're primarily going to be talking about, thinking about that idea of kind of merging, that thing, that that feeling of kind of different areas uh, informing our photography. And the reason I say that um, came from some images that I saw this week by a photographer called Robert Darch. Uh, you may remember Robert. Um, he contributed to an earlier podcast explaining what photography meant to him. He's been working on a a body of work and, and posting that work as he's been going along through the project on Twitter, which is where I've seen the images. And they are absolutely beautiful. Um, the project, I'll just give you a brief kind of outline of what the project is. The project's called Derliscombe, uh, and it's an ongoing series of photographs made in Devon in the southwest of England. Uh, the work documents the people, places, landscapes, and local industries of a fading rural culture, and in doing so explores Robert's own attachment to a region where generations of his family have lived and worked for almost 1,000 years. But alongside its preoccupations with a specific place and identity, the work also aims to mirror social changes that extend far beyond its particular context. Those that have seen local distinctiveness as expressed through communal uh, traditions, patterns of labour, crafts and religious rituals increasingly subsumed into a more globalised economy and culture. Anyway, that's uh, Robert's uh, explanation, description of the work. Um, I, all I can say is just go and look at the work on his website. But what I really wanted to pick up on was the moment I saw one of the images that he posted in the past week, I was instantly reminded of John Steinbeck, The Grapes of Rolf, Mice and Men. And so I tweeted back to Robert to say, pure Steinbeck. And he came back at me to say, wow, uh, he's one of my favourite authors. And I didn't realise that that influence was informing my work quite so obviously. And to me, it was completely obvious. And it brought about, I suppose, another uh, example of the importance of reading, that importance of being able to inform your work through the written word. And, and I've often spoken about, about music also. But what it also brought about to me was something that is kind of an ongoing theme, I suppose, through a, a lot of um, the work and uh, the discussions I have, the work I see and the discussions I have with photographers. And this has kind of come to a point recently where a number of people I've spoken to feel that their understanding of photography moving forward is still very compartmentalised in that you're one photographer in one area and you're a different photographer in a different area. And that theme, of course, is this idea of personal project stroke contemporary art practice and commissioned work. We go back there again. I'm sorry, but I think there's a new take on it this week. I hope so. The birth of the personal project, to my mind, really came to uh, fruition, I suppose, with digital photography. Prior to that, uh, as an analogue photographer, you had to be very aware that any work you undertook had a real reason for its existence, primarily because you were investing financially. It was going to cost you. 
It's going to cost you for film, for processing, for contacting, for printing, for darkroom chemicals, whatever it may be. So it really put an emphasis on ensuring that whatever you were doing really was giving you a return either creatively or commercially uh, on that investment. Now, of course, with digital photography, those costs have been removed. And therefore, the personal project is something that can be very easily undertaken. Without doubt, it is um, where you find your, your visual language, you find your subject matter, you find the stories you can tell, and you can do all of these things through the personal project. But I was speaking to some, a photographer about this recently, and they said to me, well, you know, it used to be cheaper to uh, shoot analogue. Um, and perhaps there's an understanding. I can't really go through the exact costings, and maybe it slightly was, but I think the real reality was that if you were working as a commissioned photographer, as I was, the client paid for your film, your processing, and so forth. And you'd always have a few roles left over, so you could use those for personal projects. You might even be able to slip a few roles through. I'm not saying that that's something I would have done, of course. But there were ways of making this, these things work. And of course, the idea of processing and dark, uh, printing your own film was something that everybody had been trained to do, that had been through some kind of photographic education. So I suppose where we kind of are now is perhaps a misunderstanding that the work you do for your personal work is different from the work that you do for a client. I can look at uh, Robert's work there, the Dolskum project, and instantly see potential clients for that work, not just in the idea of an exhibition or of a book, but actually people who would be interested in commissioning that work. He wouldn't have to change the work, he wouldn't have to change his intention, and he wouldn't have to change his personal language. He would just have to think about, well, where would these images sit outside of that environment of the personal project. As I say, it kind of goes back to a lot of the conversations that, that, that we have each week, but I think perhaps this is a slightly different take on it. And by looking at Robert's work, you know, maybe go and have a look at that work now and see where you think that work could sit outside of that photographic community understanding of where the personal work takes you. It would be ridiculous to think that you're one type of photographer uh, for, for a client and you're a different kind of a photographer for somebody else. The reality is that both clients and agents are looking for personal work. That work is what they're looking to sell on to a client or alternatively to commission. So we are back there again on that idea of commissioned photography. But in the past week, I've had a number of conversations where I've had to go through this process of, I suppose, kind of picking apart where we currently are. There have been a number of photographers, and the two photographers who I use to, to kind of explain this, I suppose, and give us an example, and I think it's very clear, are, are both uh, Martin Parr and Nadav Kanda. Now, Nadav Kanda certainly came from a hardcore advertising photography background. I can remember being sent his book to commission in the early 90s. But he's just as com uh, comfortable shooting for uh, brands 
as he is having an exhibition of his personal work, whatever you wish to call it, um, within the Flowers Gallery, for example. Just similarly, Martin Parr is just as likely to uh, be shooting for Gucci, which he's done recently, creating the BBC Ident, uh, creator or being part of films selling frozen foods for Birdseye, as having his work in the National Portrait Gallery. The work, the eye, the photographer, they're the same. The context in which that work is seen are different. But intrinsically, the context is what defines the outcome for the work, not the work that was created. I hope everything I've just said there makes some kind of sense, or at least, I suppose, um, raises some issues to discuss, or maybe sort of enforces you, um, suggests to you that you question your own understanding of those things. This week, I'm really uh, pleased to welcome Amelia Trowbridge onto the podcast. Whilst completing a degree in American studies at Middlesex University in the UK and at sunny New Platz in the US, Amelia used her spare time to photograph the world around her. In 1996, uh, she won the Ian Parry Award for her social documentary story, Dublin's Urban Cowboys, and in 1998, she won a place on the World Press Photo Jupe Swart uh, Masterclass. And in 1999, she was a runner-up in the Infinity Young Photographer of the Year Award, uh, awarded by the International Centre of Photography in New York. Her work spans the worlds of film, fashion, politics, music and the arts, and she's worked on five of the, the brilliant director uh, Michael Winterbottom's feature films, creating publicity images. Her first monograph, The Trouble with Amelia, was published in 2006, and in 2006, the same year, her book Malta Diaries was published by Trolley Books. In 2015, she worked with the same publisher on her book, Joan of Arc. Amelia has worked closely with the charity Women for Women in recent years, creating both moving and still imagery, and in Kosovo and Bosnia, to highlight the work undertaken to help women rebuild their lives after the devastation of war. Her work has appeared in magazines, including the New York Times, Vanity Fair, The Sunday Times, Conde Nast Traveller, Tatler, GQ, Esquire, Stern, Vogue and Rolling Stone. She has also worked on commissions for brands such as Google, the BBC, Vodafone and MTV. Uh, this week, telling us um, what photography means to her is Amelia Trowbridge. I've um, had a think about what photography means to me and uh, it means an awful lot of things. Um, it's, uh, for me, it was an act of overcoming and a uh, celebration of life, of being alive. Uh, in my early years, there was um, quite a lot of chaos and I, I sort of consciously decided to live that life of chaos, um, live in a man's world, um, photograph like marines and go to cuba and find castro and 
just do dangerous, difficult subjects. Um, I've always used photography to challenge myself, um, to evolve emotionally. Um, it grounds me. It keeps me humble. Um, it keeps me honest. Uh, you know, it helps me to be honest with myself and then honest with the world around me. And I think uh, for me, when I go into a shoot and I, I've got a small amount of time with someone and, you know, having that tool of honesty really helps and they trust you uh, and they open up to you and, and that's a, a really magical, extraordinary thing. I mean, the other thing about... Um, what photography means to me is, is is the meaning of collaboration, collaborating with your subject. Um, it's such an honourable experience. Um, but it's also collaborating with other people in the industry, uh, you know, editors, um, art directors, um, you know, stylists, uh, coming up with ideas, my assistants, you know, I've had such great assistants over the years. Um, it's also been about giving back, you know, I, I love to give back, I love to talk about photography as well. Uh, but I also love the way photography shuts me up to tell a story, you know, I'm a storyteller. Uh, and I love telling a story without words and turning what's going on in your mind into uh, an image or a set of images. Um, it keeps me connected with humanity. Um, I will always, uh, you know, when, you know, things feel bad or sad or wrong or empty, you know, I'll, I'll use photography to, to pick me up and to, to remind myself uh, of joy, of, of the power of life and that connection in photography. You know, it's empowered me. I find being a photographer an extremely powerful experience. Uh, yeah, it's it's done an extraordinary amount of stuff. You know, I've I've I, it's always been there for me, photography, and uh, it's been my constant. It's what I return to. You know, when I'm get into shooting commercial work and I get into a flow, I I do always sort of feel like I I need to then uh, just step back and and just uh, regroup and ground myself and think about you know, life uh, experiences, you know, I use it to make peace with what's going on, let's say, stuff that's upsetting me in the world or in my own life as my experiences, you know, photography, doing edits, you know, I love to do edits, I love to go into the archive, um, you know, to look forward and to look back, but also when you're looking through the lens, you, you become so present um, and that's quite a, it's, it's kind of a drug in a way, you know, it's um, a very powerful experience. Um, what else? I think, I think that's it for now. Thank you. Thank you, Amelia, there for such a passionate um, contribution this week. So many themes, as always, uh, recurring. Um, I know a number of people are um, sort of... Uh, binge listening to this podcast and going back and it's really interesting you know the, the, these ideas of being a storyteller that I suppose the the relationship with photography that can be so life-saving in so many ways of, and, and I mean life-saving in kind of that mental capacity that that giving of purpose and we've certainly got a few podcast contributions coming up over the following uh, months which really do um i suppose further emphasize the power that photography um can have I mean, it's funny really I, I was um talking um at an open day recently about photography and about what photography 
actually is. And one of the things I suppose I was trying to do was to kind of dispel any um, idea that these potential photography students um, have is that photography is just about pressing the shutter. And it's this very kind of technical thing. I was trying to get them to understand um, that actually, you know, it's a visual language. And that is how I teach photography. And it's how I see photography. Some of you may disagree with me. I'm sure you do. But that's certainly um, where I come to uh, f with with the medium. And I suppose that's where Amelia was there too. Also interesting, picking up on those ideas um, of collaboration um, and the importance of those people such as art directors and stylists, fellow creatives, which I think you know, could too often be seen as people who are there to prevent good work happening. Well, uh, you know, no, they're there to actually help facilitate good work, at least if they're, they're good at what they do and they understand the relationship between the creative and the photographer. Over the last few days, I've been doing exactly what Amelia was was talking about there, which is going back through my own personal archive and um, re-editing some of the images um, that I've shot previously uh, on a commissioned basis. And I've been putting those images up on um, the UN of Photo Instagram account. Um, the UN of Photo exists um, on Instagram um, in a strange way, I suppose, really. It's always been up until this point very much about kind of my personal observations as, as I move around. But I just decided that actually part of that um, is my own work. So um, if you're interested in um, my photography, um, then that's where you can, you can see some of it. Uh, I think also what's been interesting through that process is that the importance of time when it comes to editing. When you look back on work and you start to think, well, why did I think that was the strongest image at that point? Or is actually I dismissed that one? So always a really interesting process that um, of revisiting, especially when it's over a really long period of time. I'm sure that's something we all do. That's pretty much it really for um, this week. Um, Strangely enough, I, I saw a, a quote come up um, from somebody who I wouldn't ordinarily um, turn to for life lessons, but um, Yoko Ono said in the last week, change comes from what you do. I think I have to agree there with Yoko. It's certainly how I look at everything. Anyway, busy week coming up. I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. As always, if you are listening on iTunes or any other platform which allows you to um, make a comment or leave a review, please do that. It's really helpful to us. And also, if you want to engage in the debates and the discussions, then do so via Twitter. We're on at UN of Photo. And I suppose the, the final thing to just say is that um, if you go to the website, um, www.unitednationsofphotography.com you find on the page where this um each episode actually in this episode is is posted kind of um podcast plus with links and images that you can look at or that reference some of the subjects we've discussed in the podcast so why not um give that a go anyway as always take care 
Thank you.